This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. All right, my name is Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills, and with me is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fairchance, Pennsylvania. Who is also now Mark Berkshire, or Pastor Mark Berkshire, a teaching pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills. And I was just saying, I feel bad saying who is also now, because he's been teaching there for years, leading Bible studies there and co-hosting this podcast with me for even though there's only like 10 episodes we've been doing it for however long a couple long years time. actually for how long it's been a couple of years since we yeah. started this yeah well we're just COVID should have ramped us up <laughs> yeah and we just started now getting on a regular regular cycle so yeah getting one out every few weeks so um but yeah so speaking of COVID and speaking of podcasts and stuff, uh, today's topic is uh, more for the, the ministry leaders and the <clears throat> small group leaders and the pastors and how do they respond to digital discipleship in this, I can't call it a post-pandemic world because we're not post, but while we're still dealing with this pandemic, there are still lots of congregations that aren't open um, there are still lots of uh, pastors who are just streaming or lots of congregations where even if they're open, they're still doing the, hey, you have to go online and sign up for seating capacity because we can only have X number or X percentage of our seating capacity <laughs> present. Um, there has been limited, unless you're at a high professional level, limited cross-ministry um, outreaches uh, like i know we used to do uh, lots of outreaches with other churches not just during the holidays we do praise in the park and all kind of stuff uh, we used to do uh, a cooking competition with multiple churches where we have a competition cooking hamburgers in the park and then just hand it out to whoever showed up and let them be the judge and then give out awards to the churches and all kind of fun stuff but it was cross congregational and none of that is happening these days so how do, what we wanted to talk about was how do churches still engage one another in this digital world and across social media? And also, most importantly, uh, how do we effectively do discipleship? Because that's what the church is called to do. We're not called to do spaghetti fundraisers. We're not called to do cooking competitions. And we're not even called to do praise in the park, although those are great things. We're called to disciple people. So mm -hmm. What are some of the avenues and in, in, in how do we do that? What are, what are your thoughts? Because I know a lot of people are anti-churches online anyway. Yeah. I think that it could be done very effectively, um, especially today's technology. And we can reach and disciple more people than what we would be able to on a pre-COVID basis before all of this technology became known, basically. Um, for example, if someone in Minnesota where I used to live reached out to me and said, hey, I just became a Christian and I would like to know where I go from here. Well, now I could do Facebook FaceTime with them. I could do Zoom with them. I could do a number of things to where I can reach out to them instead of just talking to them over the phone. We can see face to face and we can look through the Bible together and, and really 
sit down and walk someone through the journey that they're on. You know, <clears throat> but uh, that's that's kind of where I am with it. So here here's my question because I know there are a lot of and and you know this as well. This isn't just me. Lots of pastors who are anti doing the streaming thing. They did it when everything was shut down, and then once everything opened, they stopped. Yeah, all I those have a people, friend like that. <laughs> yeah, who were not in not coming into their building and suddenly we're like, Oh, I see they're online and they're watching, even if they're only watching 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Now they're, they're cut off again. They have no access. Yeah. But is the digital aspect being used effectively because most myself included, I'm working on changing this um, slowly and have been over time. Most pastors, all they're doing is streaming the Sunday sermon. It's a one way like uh, a billboard thing. Here's here's a billboard. Yeah. Here's our announcement. Here's our sermon. But they're not doing what you just said, which is okay. Now let's let's talk about this. Let's engage. Yeah. Whether it's about next steps or how do you apply the things from Sunday. So, yeah. I have a pastor friend that um, that has very effectively embraced the streaming idea. Every day, he puts on a teaching moment. And right now, we've been going through the book of Psalms for the last months, where it's just a five, 10-minute clip that he does on Facebook Live. And it's there. He does it. Whoever can tune in when he does it is fine. It's there all day or the next day or two weeks from now, where you can go and you can get a little inspirational Gulp, so to speak, of of you know whatever the topic or is that he's talking about. He started it when the pandemic first hit as a way to when we had to go streaming live because all the churches were shut down and everything, as a way to engage people in um, knowing that they're not going through this alone. There was somebody there other people there and, and you can chat on you can make comments on there and and talk and it's really been good and i think if more pastors would embrace that part of it the tool that we have is unbelievable we used to have the, the only tools we had to do discipleship was to go out and knock on doors and evangelism discipleship kind of went together now it's you got an opportunity where whatever the time of day is, if you're available and the other person's available or, or a group of people's available, you can have open discussion, especially like on Zoom, back and forth and talk about what needs, you know, where you're going or what, what you need to do through discipleship. I think what we probably need to do before we go any further is define what discipleship is. I'm going to let you do that one. Well, my my understanding, and then I have another question for you. My understanding, and this will tie right into that. So <laughs> this is why we work good together. We just yeah. feed one another. This is great. So uh, my understanding, uh, the biblical aspect of discipleship, uh, when that word was used um, in the New Testament, it wasn't used for someone who just learned like a student or a pupil. It wasn't just, I go to class and I learned and I've been discipled. It was, if I wanted to be Pastor Mark's disciple, then I would come live with Pastor Mark. I'd watch him teach. I'd watch him preach. I'd watch him eat. I'd watch how he lived his life. And I would try to model that. And your goal was to make sure that I modeled that. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking of like the the, the old Kung Fu movies. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the grasshopper. Yeah, like the sensei was making sure I've, I've got to train you not just in how to fight, but how to live and how to, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So the role of someone who is being discipled uh, is to learn not just, hey, this biblical aspect, but how it applies to my life, how I, I can apply it to other people's life. And then how once I, I as I'm taking all that, how do I go out and disciple other people? Because that's the end game, yeah. right? So if Pastor Mark's discipling me, his end game isn't, I've learned 
everything that he wants me to know until I start discipling other people. And then he's like, yeah, you're doing it right. Or no, you're doing it wrong. And, And that's why Jesus was like, hey, go out to his disciples, go do this, go preach, go learn. They lived with him. They slept with him. Uh, They watched him in all situations, which is why he criticized them a lot and said, didn't you learn from this? Didn't you learn from that? It wasn't, he just criticized them and do not understand the theology, that too, but also didn't you learn? Didn't you see me do this? Didn't you see me do that? So that's my understanding of discipleship is not just teach me the theological aspect, but teach me how to live that theological aspect apply it to my life, and then go teach that to other people. And which also means that your life has to be to a point to disciple. Discipleship shouldn't be um, to to people who really don't know what they're doing, coming together and trying to disciple each other. You should have someone who's been walking with the Lord for a certain amount of time that you want to be in, discipled by. Um, I look at it as it's an investment in someone's life. And Jesus Christ thought it was so important to make that investment that he didn't tell people to go into all the world. He didn't tell us to go into all the world and make converts. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. It says go into all the world and teach one another and make disciples. So every Christ follower's goal should be to be making disciples. Even, I would put it, you know, you, you, you talk to them about the Bible, you, you get them to understand what life is like without Christ, so they come to be a Christ follower, then you say, I'm not going to leave you there, I'm going to teach you how to be a Christ follower. Does that mean that all of us are perfect who are disciples? No. There's no, we still are going to have our problems. And as you go through that discipleship relationship, you may be able to say to the person who's discipling you, well, I don't really agree with that part of it. Why do you believe that is right for you, but it might be wrong for me? Yeah. You know. So that makes a large part of discipleship uh, based on communication and exchange. Exactly. Right. So it's not just you saying, hey, Floyd, here's how, here's how, here's how. It's me asking questions. Make sure I understand. Make sure I can apply it. So which brings me back to the digital aspect of it, because um, even the pushback a little bit on what you said your pastor friend was doing that still falls into the range of the the making the sermon or making the clip that streams out information, streams out information, and it's lacking. Well, I won't say it's lacking because I don't know. Maybe there is engagement on it. But uh, um, Nona Jones, who's one of the executives at Facebook, whose sole responsibility is or at least when she wrote the book, (laughs) her book, responsibility was making churches more effective at using Facebook for discipleship. Um, And she said one of the problems that a lot of congregations have is they use Facebook as a bulletin board. Mm -hmm. They post, here's my events that you can come. Here's my spaghetti fundraiser. Here's my praise in the park. Here's my this, here's my that. And then on Sunday, they live stream. Here's my sermon. Yeah but they don't engage in the back and forth. They don't create spaces for that conversation to take place, which is, she said, one of the the biggest aspects that makes Facebook, of course, she works for Facebook, better than say a YouTube, because YouTube doesn't really allow, I mean, they have comments, but they're not designed for engagement back and forth. Uh, And the same with Instagram, even though Facebook owns Instagram. So Facebook creates, has these, advantage of being able to chat back and forth and even when i talk to some of the in some of the churches that live stream uh there's groups for churches that live stream and churches that use technology on facebook and even when i talk to them they're like we don't want to engage with the people 
Right. We just want to get more views. Yeah. And her it, thing is that's not discipleship. No, that's not social media. That's not social ministry. You're not ministering to people. And I would go a step further with that. That is ego boosting. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. And to be a true disciple, it's not about me. It's not about my ego. Look how I made this person become a better Christian. That's not what discipleship is. So I agree that, you know, we need to get out there and do more than just stream something or more than just give somebody a, a lesson. Um, and that's why I say it's a true investment. You're investing time and money in some cases and effort into this relationship, this discipleship. Jesus didn't just um his disciples and say i'm going to make you a disciple okay you're a disciple you followed me for a month go out on your own and do something that's not what he did he taught them and he he went through this whole period three and a half years of them living together working together sleeping together and studying together because a lot of the things that that Jesus taught his disciples, God was revealing to Jesus, even though he knew he was still getting fed by the Father to teach disciples. And not all of them continue the discipleship process because at one point a bunch of people left him and Jesus said, Hey, will you guys leave me too? And they said, You know, we have nowhere to go. You have you very son of God, you have the words of the living God. So, so how do we create avenues where that aspect of the discipleship, and it may not be, especially because social media, like you said, you may have people, Wisconsin, who suddenly start asking questions. And so you're engaging with them. Obviously, you're not living, sleeping, whatever with them. But that communication process, um, how do we create spaces online that encourage that communication process so that those people who want to be discipled, um, and granted, not everyone's going to finish. Some people may be like, oh, this is what you're talking about? I'm out. But those people who want to be discipled and are looking to be discipled, um, and who even want to, what's a disciple? Let me, how do I understand what yeah. that is? Um, how do we create those communication avenues to where we can engage with people about it? I think this is something you do very well. When you started your TikTok channel, that was, in my mind, a way to reach out and say, I'm available. If you want to talk, you want to share, I'm available. One minute. Hold on, hold, on, hold on one second. For those of you who don't know, just to make it easy, press pause, go Google TikTok, and then about an hour later, because that's how much time you're going to spend watching videos, then you can come back and, and finish listening to the rest of this. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. But, but that's just one platform. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that's something that you, you do well. You, you, you also do your Wednesday night prayer meeting live streamed where people can make comments and put their request in. It's another outreach that you do. Um, what I like about digital stuff is that it's there you can go back and review it look at it okay Floyd and I talked Pastor Floyd and I talked about this I forget what he said you can go back to that day and and revisit what was said in that time that's what I like about streaming is that it's it's there as far as like FaceTimes and things like that, you don't have that. But from my understanding, there is a way to get a printout. And I don't know how that all works, but there's a way to get a transcript of what you're, you were talking about, if you so desire. But you have to do it within a certain amount of time. Um, but, you know, and, and Facebook's even gone as far as now, they not only have where you can video chat, but they also have rooms that you can set up, which is another 
avenue like Zoom that you can set up to talk to one another and and interact with one another. Discipleship is more interaction and action than it is teaching and learn and and um, I don't want to say learning because you are learning, but it's more than teaching. It's it's interaction. It's meant to be. Let me ask you questions. You ask me questions. Yes. And go forward. Yeah. yeah. Say that um, again in case somebody missed it, because that's that's the heart of discipleship. Say that again. Is it, discipleship is more about interaction than it is about teaching. It's more about being able to ask questions of one another and talk about that through biblical eyes and the interaction between one another. I mean, in yeah. my 40, my 40 years of ministry, well, my 40 years of being a Christ follower, my 25 years of being ministry, I can probably, and this is sad for me to say, I can probably count the number of people that I've actually sat down and discipled with. Um, ditto. And it's, and it's not, it's on, not on half of one hand. Yeah. And, and it's not on the lack of not wanting to, it's the lack of not people not understanding what discipleship involves. Yeah. And, and, you know, we can have discipleship classes in church and I think, that's needed. We need to teach about discipleship, but there's more than just like you said, there's more than just going to a class and saying, I fall, I, I completed the discipleship class. Now, how are you going to use that information to invest in someone's life to, to be a disciple? And I mean, we use that word disciple. What it really means is how are you going to be a friend? A person that may be struggling through some things that you can help through. Yeah. How are you going to be a friend to them, a family member to them and minister to them all at one time? Yeah. All at one time. And with no end, there's not a graduation date, which I feel bad saying this, but this is one of the reasons why just for me personally, I am, I shouldn't say against discipleship classes, but just not on board with doing them because then it's, it's fostering the understanding that I'm teaching you this theological aspect. And then when the class is over, you've been discipled when that's, that's not really the case. It's more of we're engaging with one another without the class. Uh, We're continuing to learn from one another. I want to encourage you. I want to help minister you and show you how to do that with other people. Right. I think reach masses. Um, they in in our church, if if there's more than one or two people that say, "Hey, I, I I don't know what this discipleship thing is all about," we have the opportunity as pastors and teachers to explain, bring them into a to a class. <laughs> And give them the theology aspects of it. Say this is only the beginning. This is where it starts. Yeah. It's just like going through high school or college. You go through those classes just because you graduate in college as a physical therapist without any practice doesn't mean you can go out and do physical therapy. You still have to have hands-on learning, hands-on experiences in becoming a physical therapist okay so let's talk about the digital platforms that are available and then let's rate whether or not they're good for discipleship great for discipleship or not good for discipleship okay so um let's talk about youtube because youtube is a big video platform um Based on what we design, define discipleship, discipleship as, based on it's, it's the interaction and not the action and not necessarily the lesson. Is it good for discipleship? Great for discipleship? Not good. 
pin. <laughs> it, it, it is good. It is a good platform to teach about discipleship. Give the theological background, the biblical background of what discipleship is. It is the it is a good platform for that. It's a good platform for maybe getting it out there where someone's looking and saying, I'm struggling with something. Who can I turn to? Who can I help? Or who can I get help from? That may be an opportunity. Get an introduction to someone who is seeking discipleship. They may not even know that's what they're looking for. So it is good in that sense. It is bad in the sense if you're going to use it to try to disciple someone one-on-one. So I would say even in a large group, because there's not a, a lot of space for communication exchange. Yeah, there's a place chat. for comments, but comments don't necessarily mean there's a place for communication and exchange. Right. right. Uh, so I would say it's a great bulletin board platform to, if you want to like put up, your videos about discipleship or anything really. Uh, and even that it's, it's not really Google doesn't see it as a, a video platform. They see it as a search platform, right? Put videos in and you can search on any type of video and that's what you get. Cause Google's all about the search, but yeah. so it's a good bulletin board platform to stream out messages or whatever for discipleship where you're engaging in communication with people, I probably say like you, it's not, it's not the best. It's, it's not good. Um, You can see comments that people left, but it's not the greatest forum to dialogue. If someone says, Hey, what did you just mean by that in your sermon? If they're watching live? Yeah. I don't even think you can like on Facebook, you can see the comments if you're watching. So unless you're looking for it, you can't see the comments that come up. On YouTube, you can't even engage them at the time if you're doing it live. You can if you have your phone set to the side and you have the comment box up. Then you're being distracted from what you're being what you're trying to teach. Yeah, so that makes it difficult. Um, I I just like you. I I I think it is a good bulletin board. It's a good starting point, but it should not be the only thing that you have. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Instagram. Again, I don't think it's good for, I, I don't even, I, I may have an Instagram account, but I never use it. Um, I don't think it's, I think Instagram is more for a social aspect of life. This is what I'm doing. This is the fun I'm having. Pictures of your life instead of messages of your life. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Instagram is is just what you said. It's about me. Here's what yeah. I'm doing. Here's a video of what I'm eating, because I do that. Well, I used to when I used to go out to yeah. restaurants. <laughs> here's a video of what I'm eating. Uh, here's a video of what I'm wearing today. Here's a video of where I went today or pictures of where I went today. And even with the implementation of Instagram Live, um, you can see comments scrolling, uh, but it's really about the one-way share. You know, again, the bulletin board platform, great mm-hmm. bulletin board platform. I post clips, like I cut down to one-minute clips of our from a sermon and post them on Instagram. You know, if I think, hey, this is a way to get this out to people that I know probably didn't watch us on Sunday, right. just to get this this one-minute chunk of the message out. And then if people do leave comments, you can engage with them, but it's it's not created for conversational. It's it's all about the one way. Right. So right. again, great bulletin board platform, not the best for discipleship. Uh, and now we move on to TikTok, one of my favorites. <laughs> and TikTok again is a good starting point. It is a good place to reach out to people and get them thinking because it's only a minute long or whatever it is. I, I don't think it's more than a minute. Is it? No, you can do uh, it's either, it's either, well, you can do up to 15 seconds or you can go up to a minute. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. But the max is a minute. So it's, it's not a long period. So 
you can get a message out and you can get people because you have people that follow you that comment um but you get those after the fact yeah so it's not a good it's not a good platform for discipleship as far as one-on-one re- um interaction but again it's a good bulletin board starting point so i'll put i i actually put tiktok above youtube and instagram as far yes. as uh Again, it's not the best for discipleship. There are ways to do it. I'll talk about those in a minute, but it's a great bulletin board platform because there are lots of pastors, believe it or not, that are on TikTok. Uh, there are lots of Christians on TikTok sharing the gospel, you know, preaching the word. Here's what I prayed about today. How can I pray for you? All that good stuff. But if you look at the majority of those, like the, the Christian TikTok influencers for lack of a better term they've got a hundred thousand followers but they're only following 12 people yeah they're not using it for discipleship they're using it as a bulletin board to say hey here's my message about what i went through here's my message about jesus here's my message about this which is great because on tiktok there are a bunch of people who were former i don't know all the letters lgbqt whatever people yeah we're saying, you know, I used to be in this too, but here's why God's love is even better than that. And the only <clears> way to go and blah, blah, blah. And they've got people following them. They're, they're actually getting the word out, but there's not a whole lot of engagement. Some of them are actually using it for engagement. Um, I know myself and a couple other pastors, uh, we will, I'll spend time. If anyone makes a comment, I go back and, and, and respond and then if they respond, I respond and we'll go, you know, yeah. and, and I'll as much time as they're willing to put, that's how much I'm willing to put in to answer their questions. Uh, there are lots of pastors who will make their whole purpose of their video is, hey, I want to hear from you. Drop a comment and then they engage them in dialogue. You can do a TikTok live like Instagram live where you can live stream and then the um, the comments kind of like will show up on your screen, so-and-so comments, so-and-so comments. So, and then you can look and you can respond. Some people do that. Problem is once you're done, that whole thing is gone. Yeah. So if, if you did a live stream on TikTok talking about the persecuted church and people are like, well, what, you know, never heard about this. Tell me more. And so you went into detail and you explained countries and how they can pray. And let's say, you know, 50, 60, 70 people all watch this once you're done, it's gone. No one else can ever go back and experience that conversation again, which is really sad. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, it is, I would say it's, it's, it's better than all the others, uh, better than YouTube, better than Instagram for discipleship. Cause you do have the ability to engage with people. They have made it to where if people comment, they, they want comment going back and forth. And if you do, let's say a one minute video on the persecuted church and people start asking questions, the more people ask questions, the more their algorithm will show your video to other people. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of the way it works. The more questions, the more comments, the more people like it, the more they'll blow it up. Um, so it's great bulletin board. It's also great. Cause you can always go back and dialogue. But if you do a, like a live video more than a minute, once you're done, it's gone. So it's it's yeah. not the best for discipleship. It has some avenues to disciple. It also has a messaging feature, which so if someone you know wants to message you and say, hey, tell me more, because I've had people message me, you said blah, but I didn't understand. I'm like, oh, well, here's this. Or I just talked to my mom and she said this. Does this mean you know blah 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 from the Bible? And so we'll 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 dialogue and we'll engage. So it does have that. So I put it above those and um, it has the capability because of that algorithm, the more people watch, like, and engage, the more it's going to send it to like bunches of people. And I put a, a video in, um, I think it was Dave's group, might not have been, uh, the, the church pastor group that said, here's why I do TikTok videos. Because in the last week, 50,000 people viewed like, you know, whatever, however many videos I made that week. 
And yeah. every single one, granted, some of them were more lighthearted, but every single one had to do with the gospel. Here's how we pray. Uh, here's what forgiveness means, that kind of thing. There's no way it would take years for 50,000 people to view, you know, the messages that our yeah. church puts online. So, and there was lots of comments about it, lots of whatever. Some people hated it. Some people yeah. called me a false teacher, whatever. And the more I dialogue with them, the more TikTok said, oh, let's just spread this out more. So, yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't understand. I'm not as technologically inclined as you are. I mean, I can't do the, the there's that, there's that, you know, how you do your videos. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And I'm sure it's probably not that hard, but somebody like me is kind of you know, it's difficult. So for that reason, that's why I don't, you know, I, I don't even have a TikTok. I just know about it. <laughs> well, you trust me, you're not the only pastor that doesn't have a TikTok. There's a whole bunch that are just never. Yeah, I mean, I wish I understood. That, that's okay. I mean, yeah, that, and, and I wish I understood it better because I like what you're saying. I like how it could be a good tool, even for my ministry, dealing with the persecuted church, that people don't see you know and, and don't understand about the persecuted church and don't understand that if we keep on the track that we're going in america we are going to have some persecuted churches in america we've already got some so yeah we do we do we're gonna have a lot more though it's but we're gonna, gonna get go a lot more yeah. pastors like you and i who teach the word the whole word we're gonna be persecuted more than yeah. others you know so before we move on to facebook so instagram great bulletin board not great for discipleship youtube uh great bulletin board not great for discipleship tiktok uh great for extremely great bulletin board okay for discipleship but you really got to work at it uh the thing i like about all of those is you can do every single one of those from your phone so uh all of those i mean people Almost everyone has a phone. You can do all those from your phone, which brings us to Facebook. Um, which you can also do from your phone. Which you can also do from your phone. So what are your thoughts on it for discipleship and for bullet? Well, we've already talked about it. It's great for bulletin board. It's great for bulletin board. board. It can be a good source for discipleship if you're using the messenger feature in FaceTime or Face live video chat or using their chat rooms that they set up. I think that could be a good place to really spend some time and talking one another face-to-face -face and getting, you know, getting discipleship going. Um, it is It is something that the only thing I, I would say, and it's probably true about all of them, but you have to be careful of wording in any of these platforms because you can be shut down yes. pretty quickly. Yeah. So, and that's the only drawback I have with using Facebook in particular, because they're the ones who are kind of shadow blocking from pastors and different organizations because they're, they may have something, well, even, even for me with the persecuted church, I've noticed that some of my, some of my posts are going out. Some of them are just sitting, because I have somebody monitoring this in the last couple of times I've been posting. And they said, didn't you post anything today? Yeah, I posted. And it's not there because it's a country maybe mm. flag, you know. So but um, so I mean I think it's a good a good bulletin, an excellent bulletin board. It can be a good place to dialogue if you do it in Messenger. Facebook Live, not so much because you still have the same thing with the comments. You have to have either two devices so you can really see the comments because if you're doing it on your phone, you can't really see the comments yeah. when you're doing it. 
<laughs> but if you're on your computer and you have your phone set up beside you, possible. You know. Well, I know, like when I do the Sunday sermons, I, I actually purposefully have a separate tablet set up so I can see who's online, um, so I can respond to some of the comments uh, sometimes. You know, like I'll say, oh, well, hey, Mark just said blah, 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 blah. Yeah, um, because the people that are in the building usually aren't watching, so they don't know what's being said. So I'm trying to make everyone feel like the other one knows the other yeah. the people online. Most of the people in the building aren't saying anything. The people right. online are typing in comments and responding and blah. So I'm, I'm trying to share that out and also let them know that their comments are appreciated. Mm hmm but yeah, it's a great bulletin board. And I would say, not only do you have to watch what you say from being banned, uh, because I had a TikTok video banned because I criticized, and maybe it was the way I did it. Uh, I criticized something, but I used a recording, a pre-recorded like dialogue or something to make fun of something. And they immediately banned it. And I appealed it and I was like, well, this has already been done. So I don't know why I'm getting banned. Yeah. And then, you know, a day later, they <clears throat> put it back up. But <clears throat> not only do you have to watch what you say, because you could be banned, but I would say you also have to watch what we mentioned earlier, people thinking that you're an influencer rather than a disciple maker that, hey, it's great. Our church sermon has, you know, 100,000 views. Who cares if you're not engaging? Nowhere did Christ say, go right. and get 100,000 viewers or followers. Right. If you're not engaging them to make disciples, then you're not fulfilling the Great Commission. So, And I will go a step further. If you're not engaging someone when you're trying to disciple them, you're doing nothing but being a motivational speaker. Now, nothing wrong with you, motivational. No, I, I, no, I, but actually, I have my name on I, some I, of those lists. There's a big difference between a motivational speaker and someone who is trying to disciple exactly based on, you know, the words of God. So, yeah, right. definitely. Um, I will add this though. I think, and this is one of the things I loved about what Nona, Nona Jones put in her book, is that, like you said, you mentioned there are features in the Facebook that are specifically designed to for people to communicate and to foster yeah. communication. Um, uh, the the rooms, Facebook rooms is one. Um, uh, Facebook groups, although it's usually not used that way, was specifically designed so that people could engage back and forth either in a private or you know public everyone can see it but private setting about specific topics right and a lot more churches are starting to use those rather than like we have a facebook group but it's just for our church members where we'll share prayers and this is what's going on and right reminders that's more bulletin bulletin board-esque hey guys right. just remember hey guys here's what's going on um what they have they even have what they call i forget the name of it learning units so within a Facebook group, if you create it a certain way, you can have learning units. So little mini classes that people can go take. They're a part of that group mm. about specific things. That yeah. was mind boggling to me. I was like, yeah, I have I never, never heard of seen that. in all the Facebook groups that I'm a part of ones that talk about how to live stream, how to do church, this church, that, that, that. never seen anyone mention that. And yeah. she's like, yeah, this has been around since, you know, 2000. When she write the book, 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, so it's been around for a while, but no one's using it because we're all bulletin board, bulletin board. Here's what's going on. Come to our event instead of, okay, so now let's talk about, you know, what just, how to do it. yeah, yeah, how to do it. Or, hey, that was a great sermon on Sunday about such and such. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this aspect of it. Anyone, you know, have questions about how to apply this aspect of it to your life or whatever, and this, that, or the other. So one of the things that we're, we're going to do um, is we're going to launch a whole online platform geared towards how to share the gospel. Not so much discipleship, but so much, hey, let's talk about how to share the gospel. Hmm. Because I feel like that's one of the main things, reasons the church is here. 
right you can't get to the point of making disciples if you're not even sharing the gospel right and lots of people are not doing it and that's one of the reasons the church exists to equip christians to go out and and share the gospel and we're we're just and, and that's not, why that's why in the great commission jesus put it the way he did you first go out and preach the word teach the word baptize and then disciple I mean, there's a there's a reason for him that verse being like that. Yeah, and I feel like if if the churches were doing that, like that was a we're so focused on getting people in, even with the whole digital platform, we're so focused on pe getting people into the building, even now. And it hurts my heart because I see so many excuse me large churches, big churches, small churches, all like, hey. Easter's coming up. What are you doing to get people into your building? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, hey, because, you know, how can you share the gospel if they don't hear? And sometimes right. that's the focus. No one's focused on, hey, what can we do so that we can get the gospel out there to those folks who aren't coming into our building? Yeah. It's a different question that no one's asking. And, and this may be a little off topic, but it's sad that there are actually missionaries from other countries who are here now sharing the gospel because we're not doing it because they, we are not look, doing it they look at america and say hey we need to send some missionaries over there to share the gospel because gospel. Exactly. We're, we, we're doing all this other stuff but we are not sharing the gospel and that's the heart of why the church exists and the we're of, yeah so i i have Two questions. I want anyone who's listening this to this to this podcast. I want you to to answer and uh, try to do this in a way that doesn't make us sound harsh. Um, <laughs> the first question is: When was the last time where you heard the gospel preached at your Sunday celebration? Some of them do it all the time. Some of them don't do it any other time. When was the last time you heard? Whatever the message was taken to a point and here is the gospel. And then it was shared like for lack of a better term, whether it be an altar call or whatever, but presented the gospel was presented. The fact that Jesus, you know, came down, uh, granted, you're going to hear it a lot more moving closer to Easter, but prior to Lent, when was the last time that you heard the gospel shared at a Sunday celebration? We talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about a lot of topics uh, but if we we talked about how, you know, a lot of feel good stuff, but if the gospel wasn't talked about, what are we doing? So that's question number one. Question number two, when was the last time that you were encouraged to go out and share the gospel from the Sunday, from the pulpit, the pastor at a Sunday celebration or whatever said, now you go out and share the gospel. So for whoever's listening to this, whoever the 10 of you are, <laughs> listen, um, ask yourself that question and then think about that and go back and ask your pastor, hey, how come we don't share the gospel more? Or how come we're not encouraged from the pulpit to go out and share it more? Because that's, that's crucial. That should be a yeah. crucial part. That should be, that should be in my mind and, and again, I've been doing this for a while, um, but that should be a part of every sermon. There should be a gospel message and it doesn't have to be a, you're going to hell if you're not, you know, but the gospel presented in the message somewhere of why Jesus came, who he came for and how we receive him. And there doesn't even have to be an altar call. I know a no. lot of people would call me now a heretic for saying that, but you can present the gospel and say, you know, here's who Jesus is. Here's why he came. He died. He rose from the grave to prove who he was, right. uh, pay the penalty for all of our sins. And anyone who puts his faith and trust in him can be saved and be a yeah. part of the family of God. You can end that without having to say, now who's going to come forward and pray that. Right. And, 
and I'll take that a step further and probably get hate mail for this too, but there's no altar call anywhere in the Bible. Not a one. Not a one. So again, it's a man-made thing. I see the reason for it. I see the purpose, but it's not about, for lack of a better word, embarrassing someone to come up front because of their sin. Yeah, It's about presenting the gospel so they can make that personal relationship and connection with Jesus where they are. Whether they're in the seat driving down the road and they hear it on the radio or at the gym listening to something on, on a podcast and hear it and say, oh, that's what it means. And see, yeah. here's one of the disadvantages. This is why a lot of people don't like the the, the digital aspect of uh, whether it be evangelism, discipleship, or, or social ministry at all, is because those people may never step foot into your building. Like you said, if you're if you're spending time engaging and pouring into the guy in Wisconsin, he's never going to step foot into your building here, as far as yeah. you know. So, a lot of pastors see it as I'm wasting my time. I got to get people in the building. And I'm like, no, if you are engaging people online yeah. and they're coming to know Jesus as their savior, and then they're going out and you're discipling them and they're going out and they're sharing that with other people, God is going to bless that. Even if they never yeah. set foot in your building, which is one of the reasons why, and it's sad to say this, but I'm going to just spit it out anyway, because I think I've said it before. One of the reasons why we're like totally okay engaging in this whole online platform about how to share the gospel is because what I found is because of the racial tension in our area. Yeah. We have a lot more people watching us online who would have never been comfortable setting foot in our building um, because they didn't want to be called out as, Hey, are you going to that church with the black pastor? Yeah. But they're okay watching online in their homes and engaging. Some of them will log in, won't say a word. That's okay too. Um, and so I'm totally okay. We've seen such an added benefit. Uh, I mean, we've been online for years anyway, but now a lot of people who aren't going anywhere physically are watching us digitally. And I'm okay with launching a full online ministry that's going to help share with them how to share the gospel, engage with right. them, dialogue with them, create spaces where we can converse about it. And I don't expect a single one of them to ever step foot in the building nor tithe. So I'm okay investing that time and energy and financial resource in it because it's going to bless the kingdom, even yeah. if it never comes back into blessing our building or our ministry. And, and, and I think that's, that is key where a lot of our churches need to go. They need to be more of a get rid of these four walls because there's people that are that are connecting with us that will never set foot in these four walls. I'm not saying church is irrelevant. I'm not saying that at all. I think for community and for fellowship and for reasons that the Bible says we need to come together, we need that. But there are people who cares if they never set foot in my church as long as the gospel's being preached. Yeah, and I was going to bring this up uh, when we did that, the, the Faith Pittsburgh live stream. And I know, I don't know if you were on that one or if that was the one you were on where Chris was saying, yeah, no, the online is good, but the primary way is... No, nah, I was on person. that. Okay, so, and I, I didn't want to push back too hard, but yes, but there's nowhere in the Bible where it mandates it has to be in person. Yeah, I mean, and, and, the understanding I mean, is the group you're with. Yeah, that's great. You guys do it in person, but the church isn't limited by walls. No. And, and if you look at the history of the church, the first church, they met in homes. Yes, there were walls. The majority of how can you get 3000 people added to added to the church in one building back then? They didn't have buildings that size. Yeah. And you there know? was no, there was no, I mean, and there was continual growth, 3,000, right. 5,000, and then an untold and, number and 
whole villages they, and towns. Right. Yeah. They ate together. They drank together. They slept. To, you know, I don't mean sleep together, but you know, not that kind of the, church. <laughs> they were in the same community, and they were a community of believers, a community <laughs> of people, and that's where the church started. We've gotten to the point where we're no longer necessarily communities. I know we're getting way off topic, but we're more cliques than we are communities. And buildings. Yeah. And buildings. Yeah. Look how look how nice my building is compared to your building. Yeah. And I'm I'm I let me say I'm all for if if you've got the money and the resources, a big building, a big Sunday celebration, all the lights all the cameras, all that you can bring, bring it all, use it for the glory of God. Uh, Amen. But if, if you're the guy with just 10 square feet and a smartphone, you can also reach as many people as that guy who's got a 3,000 seat stadium, a lights and bands sharing your message. My mother and father started, helped start a church locally here in our area they met in the school bus when they first started because that's all they had so i mean it doesn't matter where you meet as long as you're meeting going back to what we're talking about discipleship and learning so I'm going to encourage every pastor, ministry leader to embrace uh, pull one of these platforms. If you're just doing the bulletin board, here's my stream, here's my information. That's great. Try to engage people more. Uh, I mean, but if you have a smartphone, you have a way to get the message out there. Uh, right. And if you have the time, uh, you can make it more than a bulletin board and you can engage people and dialogue with them and help them and disciple them, uh, which is what we're, we're going to be trying to do even more. So yeah. we're launching a couple of platforms to try to, none of them geared towards getting people in the building, uh, none of them geared towards people tithing, all of them geared towards how can we help people from a Christian aspect more. And dialogue. Yeah, I would love to hear more about this. And be, <laughs> it, well, actually, you will, because I'm going to ask you to help out. <laughs> With 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 parts of it, um, my my only uh, answer right now is uh, when I started praying about this a few months ago, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna set to do this right around March, but then I felt like it might come off as one of those Easter things that you're just trying to get people to pay attention because it's Easter. So I really feel like even though I feel like it would be so valuable, I really feel like I'm going to wait till after Easter. Yeah. So that no one can confuse it against, Oh, you guys are just, this is your Easter promotion. Here's that churches. They're doing Easter egg hunt. They're doing this and you're doing this just for Easter. Yeah. And to that point, a lot of successful church launches don't happen on Easter. They happen in May, April, or April, May, June, when there's no other holidays, nothing else going on, you have yeah. time to focus on that, you know. So yeah. I, I think that's good, you know. Um, there's, we didn't even talk, and you may have this on your list, the platform of Zoom that we use now. Didn't have it on my list. <laughs> I think out of all of the platforms, that we have, this is probably one of the best for discipleship or multi-person getting involved in discipleship. Um, even though you think of discipleship, it should be one-on-one, -on -one, but sometimes you may be discipling a married couple. So yeah. you want to get them. Or you may be discipling a brother and sister who live in two different states yeah or you know friends who live in different states yeah and i guess zoom wasn't on my list because technically it's not a social media ministry because it's not no. like let me blad broadcast this to all the right. people and get followers but it is um 
not great bulletin board wise. I mean, no. you can use it to stream on Facebook or whatever, but it is from a discipleship platform, like you said, because you can uh, not only can you just have like what you and I are doing where we're in a Zoom meeting. Uh, if you have multiple people, and I've been in meetings where we did this, you can have breakout sessions. So if there were 20 of us in this meeting, uh, five of us could break out into a smaller Zoom right. meeting group and, and another group, another group. So uh, it is great for discipleship. Um, yeah. The only drawback is that for more, the more features you want like that, you have to pay more. Right, right. And so, but if you're doing this plain discipleship one on one or one on three, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever, it would be a good platform. I mean, we do our Bible study on Tuesday yeah. nights on Zoom. Yeah, we do. Our, um, so it's, it's great for ministry and discipleship. Yeah. It, is, it is probably the best, but the only drawback most people are going to see it's it's only it, it's for that group of already existing people. It's not social media where people are like, hey, you guys are all on Zoom. Let me join. Let me join. Let me join. However, discipleship, you, it's great. Yeah. And however, if you're on Zoom, you can you can invite people by Putting it on your Facebook page or whatever, yeah. saying we're having this Bible study, come join us. Yeah, that will be, you know, something. Um, we have need. I mean, there's so many of them out there. There's Telescope. There's um, what's the other one? Parlor. Well, that's not there yet. Telescope. There's another one I just heard about the other day. Somebody was using. There's Rumble which is like a YouTube thing. Hmm. Um, There's so many platforms. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's not about, my my thought is, it's not about what platform you get started on. Let's get started. Great point. Just do something. Do something. Exactly. Put put it out there. You can talk about it all day long. Yeah, but until we become active, it will just be talk. That's that's what so many Christians, or I'm going to say Christians, not Christ followers. That's what so many Christians are. Say they are there. They hear it. They say, "Yeah, I agree with it," but they don't take the next step and become an active follower you know so ah. all right so we're going to wind this down um so discipleship definitely important i would say more than important it's mandated it's it's, yeah. it's if we're not discipling people we're not being the church um uh, digital discipleship totally possible totally worth it even if people don't come into your building because then you're committing to doing kingdom work rather than congregational work or denominational work or denominational work definitely because you're going to reach people across multiple denominations depending upon which platform you're using lots of platforms out there you know whether it be zoom tiktok youtube instagram facebook um i know this is going to sound cheesy but if you're on tiktok Look me up. Follow me. I want to follow you and engage with you. I follow a lot of people on TikTok who don't share my beliefs, don't agree with what I agree with. Um, And it's because I want to see where they're coming from, what their thought process is. And also, I engage and comment on their some of their videos and whatever. And they will do the same come back and comment. I have some of them that followed me and like, I'm never, you're never going to get me to become a Christian, but I like the way you say what you say. So I'm going to follow. And they, they get inundated with all the videos I make and they watch them. They'll comment on them. They may not have committed their lives to Christ, but who knows what God is able to do. Um, So whatever platform you're using, um, like Mark said, just do something to engage people, uh, not just to bulletin board them. Although if you're not even bulletin boarding them, Get your messages, your sermons, your teachings out there on some social media platform. If you've got a phone, you've got a way to do it. YouTube's yeah. free. TikTok's free. Instagram is free. Facebook is free. 
get them out there um and then find ways to engage people like mark said just start doing something we have a responsibility to build god's kingdom and we have no idea when all of this could come crashing down right uh, when whether it be government or the platform themselves say no more christian content yeah and and you know let me just encourage people to if you want to use them to just be a platform or just to be a bulletin board that's fine they can also be a way to engage as we have said like i put bible verses up every day i've been doing this i started last year i i do it every day try not to miss sometimes i do but i try not to i try to put sometimes obscure verses so that people will get thinking about i never realized that was in the bible and i will get a private message about what else did was in that chapter did you take that out of context and it would get a chance to talk about what that verse means or why i posted that verse. so there's opportunity if we just do it okay so uh with that i'm gonna ask mark to uh Close our time together uh, with some prayer, and we will be done. Okay. Father, we thank you for this time together. This important topic that we've been talking about today as far as discipleship and using the digital world to, to do the discipleship. And my prayer is that we we see the necessity in doing it. Um, That it's no longer just a a thing that our churches or our pastors or our our parents talked about years ago, but it's something that we need to make relevant today. That it's not something that's old fashioned, that it is something that we do. And if you don't want to, you know, if we don't want to call it discipleship, we want to call it mentoring or just, you know, however you want to word it lord we just ask that you bless it and we just ask that you would take this this podcast and that you would just use it to further your kingdom and bring your glory mm-hmm. we are just two guys that get together and we just ask that you would just use us bring your message the world around us into our our circle of influence in jesus name amen 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 thank you guys for listening to us and uh we will be back soon <laughs> we're running about i think maybe once every three to every four other weeks. week every other week oh every other week wow we're, we're yeah. even more we've been doing good yeah Yeah, some of you may be tired of us. (laughs) But we will be back in a couple of weeks then uh, with another message on ways that we can respond to things that are going on in the culture. Pray you guys have an awesome rest of your week. Uh, God bless. God bless.